1: three six seven five so sit back relax and remember
3: southern sense is common sense
0: adventures here on Southern Sense, live on Blog Talk Radio, SHR Media, Lone Star Daily News, iTunes, Stitcher Spreaker, YouTube, Facebook, iHeart, Amazon Music, and I'm on Podium, and oh good lord, I don't even know where we are anymore, just go to the name of the show, Southern Sense as in Common Sense. SouthernSense.net. dot net. I'm your hostess with the least most is the radio chickadee Annie. Along with my co host going, My fingers course today and hope there's nothing else to play. Curtis C. S. Bennett. <laughs> Good afternoon, Curtis. Curtis, unmute yourself. Oh, we drew- Curtis and I were just talking just half a second ago before going live on air. It looks like he's popped off air again, but he'll get himself back in here again. I uh, want to welcome you all for listening in, and a special shout out to our sweet friend in the uh, in the uh, studio, Sweet Sue. Uh, well, folks, if we've got ourselves a jolly, jolly good show, a lot to talk about, a lot to do as soon as Curtis gets himself back in online. We've got two great guests uh, returning from the Heritage Foundation. We have Laura Reese. She's the director of the Heritage Border and Security and Immigration Center at the Heritage Foundation. She's always a great guest to have on, and there's new stuff going on because the Senate just put out their proposal for immigration reform, and oh my goodness, do we have a lot to talk about. also got a new guest coming up today. His name is Alan Beal, and he's the CEO, believe it or not, of the Armed Forces Brewing Company, out of Norfolk, Virginia. It is a military veteran and first responder tribute beer. And this guy, I saw some of his interviews up on Fox News and Newsmax and a couple of other places. That's going to be a blast. We are going to have ourselves a great, great time. And hopefully, Curtis, are you back with us yet? Okay, Curtis, got no sound from you. So see if you have to uh, sign back in again. And hopefully we'll get you back on air soon. Sounds like you need someone to take a look at your computer and work on it over there. Uh, But that's what happens uh, when we're dealing with two different locations and trying to coordinate the uh, broadcast. Well, that said, like I said, we do have a lot to talk about. Um, There's an article up on the Hill today written by Kevin Roberts and Mark Morgan and Tom Holman. Uh, it 's an editorial piece about the new Senate bill, so we 'll be talking to Laura Reese about that and uh, oh yeah, everyone 's got the Super Bowl on their mind, and Swift uh, <laughs> boy can I mess that one up? Taylor Swift and her new boyfriend has been um, making a lot of news, so we 'll see if we 'll have a time to talk about that, and also the big news going on are the not five, not seven, but now eight immigrants that have been arrested for the assault on three officers, two police officers and one lieutenant in Times Square this past week. And as they get booked, they get let out with no bail. And as they walk out of central booking, they give the whole world and the police the bird. I mean, this is this is the new immigrants that we have, these illegal aliens coming into the system. Curtis, you with us now?
4: Can you hear me now?
0: Now we got you, baby doll. Now we got you. All right. Well, oh, we were hoping to start off without a glitch, but it sounds like you may have a problem on your end and your computer. Um, you have to check the sound card or whatever. But we'll talk about that off air. Um, I just had, believe it or not, all the glitches I was having on my computer, I finally got a local guy to come in. He sat here for an hour and a half. And he finally figured out why my system was crashing. The brand-new computer I have, one of the drives, was malfunctioning, causing the whole system to crash. So now I have to get a hold of Dell and ask him what the type of piece of crap they just sold me. And I've been using Dell computers for years. This is the first time I've experienced that. But hopefully now that we got the computer up and running, it's the new, brand-new one, and it's got all the bells and whistles we need, so now I can start working towards migrating to the new video format so you can see Curtis and I live, side by side. So hopefully now, I've been promising this the last year or two, <laughs> <we'll look like laughs> now the equipment, we can finally get this rock and rolling. But that All says, right. uh, those that listen to our show know that we start off each and every show with a dedication to a fallen hero. And something I do when I bring on a guest, that is associated with military or first responders, I ask them if there's someone that they would like us to dedicate the show to. So this is in honor of our guest, Alan Beale, and this dedication is going out to a friend of his. And as I pull up the video and bring this into play, today's dedication is going out to Arizona Army National Guard Staff Sergeant Michelle Young. She passed away on Friday, December 19th of this year, just a week ago today. And this is what I have pulled up, and this is from Mackenzie Tatiana. And she wrote in the Daily Mail, a U.S. Army soldier and fitness influencer has died by suicide just days after her daughter's 12th birthday. On January 20th, Friends of Staff Sergeant Michelle Young, 34 years old, shared the news that she had taken her own life. Days earlier, Young shared a post celebrating her daughter Gracie's birthday with her audience of over 100,000 followers. She wrote, Happy birthday to the sweetest girl I've ever known. She's a force to be reckoned with. She's witty, ambitious, kind, compassionate, intelligent, hardworking, working, Hilarious and selfless. I, ty- I cried the entire time I made this. I love you forever, kiddo. The best part about being my life is being your mama. On a side note, can't imagine the pain that she was going through emotionally to write this to her daughter just days after her birthday. Her death has led to an outpouring of tributes from friends online and on her social media pages. Michelle was always kind to me. We talked often about our daughters and how similar they are, friend Diana Hansen wrote. I know she loved Gracie more than anything. I cannot believe this happened. Friends remembered Young as a doting single mother to 12-year-old Gracie, the Prescott, Arizona resident, enlisted in the Army at 17 years old. She returned from her first deployment seven years later, soon after her daughter's second birthday. I was in the military before I became a mother, Young wrote on Instagram. I volunteered for this life. She didn't. She's had to be away from her only parent during multiple deployments, TV-wise and training. Yet, she never complains. In October, Young posted a series of photos where she and Gracie, both doting chiefs fans dressed up as travis kelsey and taylor swift for halloween the 34 year old served two tours in afghanistan most recently in 2021 same year she extended her military contract to serve 20 years as of september she had served 16 in her free time ironically Young worked as a crisis and trauma response volunteer, while also volunteering at the local women's and children's homeless shelter. In one post, she explained that her passion for her service was sparked by her own brother's suicide. Quote, that day forever changed my life. That it also created a passion for helping others, But I don't think I would have had if I didn't experience the pain of losing him, Young explained. Military values ran deep in her family. The soldier often spoke of her grandfather, a Navy veteran who served in World War II. Growing up, the thought of joining the military never crossed my mind, the 34-year-old wrote, adding that the only person she knew had served at the time of her enlistment was her grandfather, I didn't know any woman that were in the military. The soldier boasted over 100,000 Instagram followers, where she frequently shared photos of her vacations abroad. The 34-year-old served two tours in Afghanistan. Sarah Main, the COO of veteran-owned activewear brand Curves and Combat Boots, broke the news of Young's death through a GoFundMe campaign. Our good friend and athlete Michelle was taken from us by suicide, she wrote. Michelle was a beautiful soul, an amazing friend, a single mother, a soldier, and as proof, you never know what someone is going through or what demons they may be fighting. Young's daughter, Maine explained, was her whole world and the campaign was organized to help Gracie with anything she may need. We know Michelle would appreciate us all looking out for her now. It is unclear how or where Young took her life. Friends left comments under the campaign to honor the soldier. Michelle was an angel when I needed it. And I never got to repay her for the kindness on this earthly world. So I'll do it for her daughter. Nicole Jamison wrote. On Facebook, Tatiana Mendez described Young, who was maid of honor and her best friend. I don't know how I'm ever going to survive without your light in my life, Mendez wrote. You have touched so many of our lives. The thought of you not around is unfathomable. She added, I promise you, I will be there for Gracie forever and always. Rest in peace, my sweet angel. Young often spoke of a grandfather, a World War II veteran who served in the Navy, writing in one post that he was the only person she ever knew who had served at the time of her enlistment. And in a GoFundment campaign, one friend remarked that Young's daughter was her whole life. That Radio Syndicate, a veteran-owned media channel, remembered Young as a dear friend and a wonderful soul. Quote, we sponsored her in a few of her fitness competitions, as well as her coming on and doing shows about recruiting for the Army and National Guard, they read in a social media post. Yesterday, she took her own life, and the demons won whatever battle she was dealing with. No one knows what drives people over the edge, and sometimes those demons just won't let go. Hence, salute to you, young lady. You will be missed. Tara Smirmak, a fellow soldier and long-time friend of Young, left his own message on her life. Quote, I wish you had called, old friend, he wrote, sharing a photo of the duo together. I hope you found the peace you were looking for. Smearmack, we shared to Instagram an illustration of a Young, of Young with angel wings embracing her daughter. He captioned the post, at her core, beyond the mental health struggles, the personal dramas, the social media. This is what I knew Michelle to be. Today's show is dedicated to Arizona Army National Guard Staff Sergeant Michelle Young. And in the plea to all of the brave men and women out there, dealing with their personal demons, whether they be just everyday people out there, or someone who is in military service or a veteran, first responder, whoever you are, you're not alone. Please reach out. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline number is 988 Dial that number, 988, and press 1 at the prompt. Remember, you're not alone. If you can't reach out to a stranger there, reach out to your local pastor, priest, rabbi. Reach out to your local religious establishment. Knock on the door. There's always someone there to help. But if you can't, please, I beg of you, Dial 988 and at the prompt, press 1. We dedicate the show to all of our first responders, maybe law enforcement, firefighters, or emergency services. We dedicate the show also to our military and veterans from the birth of this great nation through today and into our hopeful future. We dedicate this song by Tiffany, called Song of the Nation. I'm sorry, Soul of the Nation. May God bless each and every one. We're back. You're here listening to Southern Sense live on Blog Talk, Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, Speaker, YouTube, Facebook, iHeart, Amazon Music, iTunes, and oh, half a dozen other places. Also live on my home webpage, which is Southern Sense, as in Common Sense, SouthernSense.net. And if you have the old location still uh, bookmarked on your computer, no worries. You can still click on Southern-Sense.com and go to the same destination, my webpage. All right. We're waiting for our next guest, our first guest to call in. We should be calling in in a few minutes. Um, I did post it up on um, Twitter and half a dozen other places, which we are. And hopefully, if you're listening on Instagram, we should be live on Instagram today also. Fingers crossed. It all worked out fine. <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, um, and we do have the chat rooms open over on everywhere else, including my home page. So we got ourselves a jam-up show going on, Um, and yeah, we're talking about immigration, and James posted in the chat room that Ted Nugent is going to address the take our border back convoy heading to Texas. Oh, man, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, Curtis, to talk about dealing with immigration, and it's really hitting the fan. You were telling me something about Atlanta Airport, and I don't think anyone heard this stuff yet. What What were you telling me? Did we lose Curtis again? Or did he go for a drink of water? (laughs) All right. Hopefully, Curtis will come back on again because it looks like we've now lost Curtis. This is uh, not working out, here, guys. Uh, You're there, but we cannot hear you, Curtis. Again, we lost your sound. I don't know why that's happening with you. We don't have that with the guests. I don't know. Uh, what it is, maybe if you call in the guest call-in number instead of the host call-in number, let's try that. So we'll wait for Curtis to try to call back in. But he was saying there was reports, and maybe someone else can pull it up uh, while we're on air, that Atlanta Airport has a secret area where they are now housing illegal aliens without the public's knowledge. Uh We do know Logan Airport has them there. As a matter of fact, it's causing a lot of problems. You have to go through a whole several hundred of them just to get to your gate and you know you got to go through all this stuff just to get onto an airplane today and the place that should be the most secure for your safety the airport after we've had nine eleven hello um, there are now housing illegal aliens who have not been vetted this really gives us great comfort and how do you make sure that they don't get into secure areas uh it's 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 absolutely unbelievable what this administration is doing to our nation. And well, looks like Curtis is trying to dial back in here, and hopefully we got him back up here in a split second. And it could be, Curtis, that uh, calling in on the host line, it doesn't like two of us talking at the same time. So let's see if we got Curtis back. Curtis, you with us now? Yes. All right, we got you. Can you to hear me here. now? Yeah, if you call in on the regular call-in line, we have no problem, but if you call in on the host line, then we have a problem. It doesn't like mm. two of us at the same time.
4: Wow, wow, well, did anybody find anything else about that um secret um floor or area where they're
3: no. housing
4: warehousing? I'm gonna look it up, but I heard it on the radio today at the conservative yes. radio station it's pretty It's pretty new as far as the um the outing of this by some probably a whistleblower, you know. So I'm sure the fake news isn't broadcasting it, but uh, I'm going to research it. All
0: right, here we go. Um, uh, okay, here we go. Lawmaker, Fox News has this on. So if I'm coming away from the microphone, just bear with me, because I'm twisting to read it. Uh, in the room at the Atlanta-Hatsfield-Jacksonville International Airport, uh, while they were waiting flight, a Georgia state lawmaker found out about this. Uh, state Senator Colton Moore said a whistleblower told him about migrants being held in a discreet room in the world's busiest airport. Atlanta Airport is the hugest hub for people going through. I mean, there's several places. You, know, you go through New York, Atlanta, Chicago, the three busiest airports in the nation well you can throw in los angeles also um and there they're going to house illegal migrants in a secret area no one knows about and i i bet they, they get free wander of the airport but you know if you if you want to go to bed you know just just slip through this secret room there and don't tell anyone wonderful i feel really safe yeah it was all caught on camera And um, there was some sort of an altercation, it looks like. Hmm. And the whistleblower gave him about the same room. And he had a a whole team there with different cameras in different places on Monday and Tuesday nights. And there was just an influx who came into the airport when traffic should be lower at the airport. So in other words, they were bringing them in when they were not all that busy. And there's absolutely so, no air cameras in that area of the airport where they're housing these illegal, illegal aliens.
4: So isn't some, there's
0: an like that some barricade, some caution tape. It looks like a construction zone. You know, this is crazy. This is absolutely well, you, crazy.
4: You have to wonder what else they got going on in any of these states as far as illegals mm-hmm. or whatever backhanded um, um, endeavors they, they are involved with, you know, mm-hmm. without our knowledge or even our our leadership's knowledge.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and I'm looking at the clock, and hopefully we'll have our guest call in the next minute or two. If not, I texted you his phone number, Curtis. Okay. Just, just as a backup in case. You never know. (laughs) You never know how things go on around here. But this is some scary stuff.
4: It is.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, Moore said the whistleblower described groups of migrants walking right out of the gates before escorted into the room while they waited for a ticket to their next destination. So this is like a holdover also. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They were also getting video of migrants who were just walking out into the streets of Atlanta. Holy so moly.
3: You, you, you
4: have to wonder, what, what is their destination? Where are they sneaking these people to?
0: I don't know. I, I never heard of this. I'm going to have to ask Laura, Lori about this one. There's a, It looks like an NGO called Team Libertad. And they provide okay. assistance to immigrants during their travel. Okay. Oh
4: great! We got uh,
0: NGOs involved in this one. Oh.
4: Wow! Well, there has to be an investigation, and the Republicans should demand it and yeah. loud. I them.
0: mean, we've got Ch- Chicago airports being overrun, Boston airports being overrun. Now we have infiltration to Atlanta airport. This is this is absolutely crazy, and this, folks, is on the taxpayers' dime. All on the Taxpayer's Dime. Let's bring in our guest who just dialed in. He's probably going, these people are actually nuts. But welcome to the show, Alan Beal, who is the CEO of the Armed Forces Brewing Company that you can find at armedforcesbrewingcompany.com. Welcome, Alan. How are you today?
1: And I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Southern Sense. (laughs) Yes, and
0: Common Sense, and we don't take any nonsense.
1: (laughs) I love it. You need more common sense than no nonsense.
0: (laughs) Oh, yes. 14 years on running here. I'm still kicking. Uh, One of the things we do is um, I did the dedication to your friend on the start of the show to Michelle Young, and I did give out the uh, suicide number, which if people do need help, should dial 988 and press 1 at the prompt because you're not alone. No one should ever feel alone. Um, there is help out there for you, and it's such a such a shame. And it was hard for me to get through the dedication because the people listening already know that I'm already crying. I'm a big baby, <laughs> and I, I have to say this: um, it's 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 something that I've I've had dealt with uh, with friends and with the job that I did. Uh, I don't know if um, uh, Pam told you that I'm retired law enforcement. So, you know, when you talk about something like this, it hits hard home. Uh, I do remember rushing from one end of Long Island into Brooklyn uh, because a fellow officer was, you know, not sounding quite right and was able to get there and get that person help. Uh, But, you know, there is help. Reach out to a friend if you can't reach out to your pastor, but also call the number. It's always there. But you've got this great company you started a couple of years back and boy, you were in the forefront of this. You kind of like sensed, I guess, that the American heart of America was not being served well with this wokeness, and you started this company. What made you, what, what made you just decide? We're going to go into beer. You could have done T-shirts, you could have done beer.
1: Well, it was a partnership that was put together and and we all loved the military we we uh I didn't serve in the military, but I come from just an absolute huge military family um and I grew up in the military uh community um and a love of beer there was a a big uh cra- you know cra- the craft beer scene started back in the nineties and and grew and grew and grew and uh we just kind of put two and two together because We loved the military, and we loved beer, and we didn't see any companies out there that did this on – that that really had a brand that really tributed military service and the military lifestyle. Um, So I got to work about – gosh, it was 2015, and I got to work and started developing the concept. Um, And here we are today (laughs) – uh, we've got our own brewing facility, our beers out to market. Um, we've been giving back to veterans organizations and saving lives and uh, using our success to give back, and, and we're just doing great things out there.
0: Yeah, well, you, you recently opened a tap room, and i got to tell you, um, you can say that I did serve somewhat in the military at one point in time. I was married to a gunny sergeant, a Marine. And oh he was serving at a, <laughs> at a first Div, And I tended bar in the NCO club at first Div. So technically, I was married to and I tended bar too, <laughs> to
3: the Marines. Well, you, you know, but of all
0: things, they, yeah. all, I guess, all things, though, I never had been down to Paris Island where he had gone through boot camp. Not until I became a police officer where they took a bunch of us down to Paris Island because you your your boots on the ground you're there in the neighborhoods and you're the best recruiting tool for them and we were so we got I got a tour of it before I was even um you know ever in the military you know even though I did 10 bar there but years later after I retired and I divorced my first husband we settled in the heart of the Tri Command where in one direction is Paris Island, the recruit depot, the other is the Marine Corps Air Station and the Navy Hospital. So I'm in the heart of the Tri Command. I can't get away from the damn
1: Marines. <laughs> well well when they serve, we serve too as military family members. We we know we support our military family members and uh, you know, when they especially when they go on deployment, my gosh. Um uh, that's a, that's a tough time for any family um, when they go on deployment, you know. So y- we do. Yes, yeah. we serve along with them.
0: you 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 kicked the co- company off in 2019, and we everyone talked about this Dil- Dylan Mulvaney. I barely can even change <laughs> his name,
3: <laughs>
0: and Bud Light. Um, but you got a big. Punch up in popularity when John Rich did a video.
1: Yeah, were you aware he was going to do this video using your beer? Absolutely, John Rich is a friend of of our company. Um We we partner. You know, we do our beers connected to a couple organizations. We use our uh, we we donate a percentage of the profits from a, a beer called Preamble. We the People Light Session Lager. It's a tribute to the Constitution. Uh, and the oath that our service members take. Um, it's that light lager kind of along the lines of Bud Light and Miller Light, and and um, um, that, that uh, beer is connected to the John Daly Major Ed Heart of a Lion Foundation. So we, uh, John Daly the golfer and Major Ed Polito, who's on our advisory board, Major Ed's a, a, a Purple Heart recipient and just a great American, uh, so we donate a percentage of our profits from that beer to the John Daly Major at Heart of Lion Foundation um and John Rich is a is a friend uh of that circle of people and uh we were we wanted to uh, get our beer into the uh Tennessee market and John gave us a call and said hey I'm doing a, a video called I'm offended <laughs> And uh, we'd love to have your beer featured in the video. So we said, uh, of course, you know, being a big fan of John Rich. And uh, we flew into Nashville and filmed it at his uh, nightclub called Redneck Riviera right there on Broadway.
3: Well,
0: well, um, oh, that's what I forgot to do. I forgot to put up your your smiling face on my video here. Holy cow. (laughs) Sometimes I can walk and chew gum at the same time, but not all the time. So just bear with me <laughs> as I'm putting up because it's got your face in there and sure. it's got all the beards that you have up on your website. I put up there uh, scrolling around with it so people will be able to see um, the different things that you've got there. And that's if I can stop messing things up here. I have to apologize. I've got my right hand in a cast, so it's not as easy to do this stuff with a Oh, my hand. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> no, no big deal. It's an old thirty-some-year-old line of duty injury. I finally had surgery on, but anyway, um, so people can see, and it has uh, to your website in the show description, so people can click over there and go directly to your Armed Forces Beer Company dot com. Um, and I got to tell you, last night I bought twenty-five shares. You have
1: you always uh, well. Investors. Welcome to the company, Anne. <laughs> Welcome to the company. See, I
0: put my money where my mouth
1: is. <laughs> and I got a big well, mouth. <laughs> you know uh, there's nothing wrong with that. And and uh, you know, we've got wow, we're approaching ten thousand shareholders in our company. Um and you know, ninety five percent of them are, are veterans and active duty military, first responders and from military families. Um We've raised $7.5 million so far. We came into Norfolk, Virginia, and bought a brewing facility and uh, making great beer and using our success to give back.
0: Well, like I said, you got to come here to Beaufort, South Carolina, the heart of the trike. You can't get any more. You will have the Marines spawned in the place. Trust me. <laughs>
1: And, and we're about have, to open up South Carolina. We've got a distributor there and it's not it's gonna be probably thirty thirty days. Uh, our beer will be available statewide in South Carolina.
0: Awesome. Well see, I still run a Tea Party here for fifteen years and we run it as oh, an the Anvix. So I'm gonna make sure they know about your beer at the Avex. And the Moose Lodge, because we're also members of the Moose Lodge.
1: <laughs> but well you now, you're, now you're now you're a shareholder at you're a shareholder in the company, and, and um, you know, I, I get online and I produce a video every week, uh, just about every week, uh, updating our shareholders on the progress of our company. We do all sorts of shareholder events, including an annual shareholder event, um, and it's not just, uh, hey, come and invest in the company, and then we don't talk to you anymore. We, our shareholders are active, really active in our company, and that that's the camaraderie of the military and first responder community anyway. We've got each other's backs through thick and thin, don't we?
0: Yes, yes. Yes, we do. We, that, that we do. And I was looking at the people that are on your team, and, you know, you have people like Rob O'Neill, but you also have a friend of mine. I was very surprised to see his name pop up. And matter of fact, when I posted onto LinkedIn the, the fact that we were gonna be here, uh he was one of the people that popped in and gave a good thumbs up, Dave Bray.
1: Yes. Dave Bray USA. What a great what a great American. What a great family he has as well. Dave Bray USA goes all over the country and sings the National Anthem, and, and he's, a, he's a national recording artist. Um, he sings patriotic songs, and uh, I know he's had a lot of law enforcement association events all over the country.
0: Yeah, well, I met him and his wife, lovely wife, Becky, because uh, they were performing yeah. for the South Carolina Tea Party Coalition Convention we used to have in Myrtle Beach every year until the founder passed away. So he would come up and perform, and we'd hang out and have a great time, and you had to see people dancing to his music. Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. And every time I see him at a NASCAR race (laughs) performing, I'm yelling at the TV, go, Dave, go. (laughs) Now, um, a lot of the stuff you do, as you say, um, go to charities, but you also look when you're hiring people to aim towards the veterans and retired first responders, don't you?
1: Absolutely. Our goal is to be 70% veteran employed and their family members. We've, we've hired uh, a lot of veterans at, at our C-level and and um, in our tap room and in our, in our uh, production side. And uh, all everyone practically comes from a military family that's involved in our company that's employed with us. So, well, I guess you know, we want to create jobs for veterans.
0: Well, well, my father was a World War II veteran, and my uncle, my mother's brother, was a Korean War veteran. So, yeah, we do come. fact, <laughs> if you count me tending bar in the NCO club, having to do- deal with a bunch of drunk
3: Marines—that's <laughs> service. <laughs> 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 uh,
0: but w- with the oh investment, even if it's even if it's as little as two hundred dollars, the investment, uh, people get perks, don't they? <laughs>
1: They they do. Uh, The investment is a $200 minimum. It's really affordable, and uh, (laughs) the shares are $12.50. And we've got uh, some cool perks that go along with that from from, uh, stickers and hats and glassware. And there's some other uh, levels that you can invest in. Uh, At one level, you get to come into our brewery, and you get to brew your own uh, beer and package it. Um, and take it home with you. Um, we got some other levels where you get to come and uh, go to the shooting range with Rob O'Neill and some of our the other SEALs and, and veterans that are on our advisory board and the management team. So it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, my co-host Curtis C.S. Bennett, who's author of what twenty-eight, twenty-nine books now, is also a <laughs> military right. veteran of Desert Storm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Thank you for your
1: service.
4: I appreciate that. Um, what markets um are you on as far as your um as far as the stocks? Are you on Nasdaq? So, yet?
1: This is called a regulation A stock offering. We're a private company selling stock in our private company. We're not on we're not publicly traded. Right now oh. um um uh This is a program that was put into place in twenty twelve by by the s e c for small companies like ours who could were who were unable to get uh raise capital from like venture capital or private yeah, equity. They, weren't, they they weren't taking a look at the craft beer you know they, they they all invest in tech um and this is a great way for us to to bring the the military community uh into the ownership of our company as well so we launched our first stock offering on july 4th of 2021 we raised 7.5 million dollars we promised our shareholders that we would go and buy a brewing facility on the east coast Uh, and we worked with virginia governor glenn youngkin to do just that we bought the brewing facility uh, back in july uh, and uh, moved in at the end of july and uh, we just got we just had our grand opening last week um, so we closed that first round, and we've opened up a second round, and our shareholders all their uh, their uh, stock value has increased twenty five percent on paper. So, so
4: Exciting. where do we Your go? Where do we go to get get involved?
1: Yeah, you, you can go to www own armed forces brewing co and you can invest right there it's super easy you can do it on your phone you can do it from your laptop um, it's safe and secure and um, like i said we're we're approaching 10,000 shareholders from all 50 states okay. yeah there's
0: also a link on the Curtis, there's a link in the description on the shell page to armedforcesbrewingco.com right. and on the top bar you'll see investing and there's also careers if people are looking for a job in one of your facilities that hopefully would be opening soon yeah. in a neighborhood near you.
3: Um,
0: and so people can go there and even buy the beer. There's a link that you go in that you can then purchase the beer and have it shipped directly to you. And you yeah, can yeah, get a case. What if your heart desires? Am I reading this right, Al? Yeah. Um,
1: they ship to about, um, I think, 32 states right now. Um, they've got the licensing for that and, um, you know, we're, we're in eight states right now and we're, like I told you, and we're opening up South Carolina and North Carolina and we're looking to open up about, uh, seven more states this year. Uh, Walmart picked our beer up, Sam's Club, Winn-Dixie, Publix, um, we're, you know, we got Kroger and Harris Teeter and, and, uh, Food Lion knocking on the door uh, Carnival Cruise Lines just picked up our beer. Uh, we're going into mm. Na- uh, NASCAR concessions as well in Richmond, Martinsville, uh, Talladega, Daytona, and Homestead, Miami. And uh, um, Darlington. <laughs> we're, yeah, yeah, I want to make it. Yeah, we're going to make it up there to Darlington too. Uh, th- those mm. those uh, race tracks open up the rest of them. Uh, and we're on a national plan with the Army Air Force Exchange Stores and the Navy Exchange Stores, and we're just about to go into to the Coast Guard Exchange as well. Yeah. Well, awesome. as I
0: as I read this, you are so pro uh, veteran military that even the hops uh, that you use come from special sources.
1: Absolutely, we we uh, we buy hops from a, a, a hop farm up in Michigan. Um, called Dog Star Hops uh, and another hop farm uh, called Miles Farms, uh, both veteran-owned uh, and operated. And uh, you know, we, we try to do business with as many veteran-owned companies as possible, and keep that money in the community, and and uh, try to try to uh, uplift veteran-owned businesses.
0: Now um, I do have the video up on Facebook, YouTube, um, on my page, and half a dozen other a dozen other places. Uh, but I got to tell you, uh, we got trolls. <laughs> so well, you know you're oh, doing yeah. something right when the troll attacks you. <laughs> you know. Um, uh, yeah.
3: Uh.
0: I, I was uh, doing another show uh, that I do on Wednesdays called Moms Across America, and. Uh, my co-host news, I have a tendency once in a while to go on a rant, and we were talking about you know, immigration and everything, and I got so angry that I said, you know, we're concentrating on housing these illegal aliens who are committing crimes to come into here, and we're ignoring our men and women that are our veterans, that are the largest homeless community that we have ever seen in our nation. And the growing number of women becoming homeless that are veterans is, is stunning. Um, mm-hmm. How do we deal with this? Do any of your charities help with these homeless veterans? Ab,
1: ab, let me. Let me uh, I'm going to answer your question right there, and the answer to that is absolutely, yes, we do. And I, and I can touch on that in a second, but I'm going to tell the trolls something on, on your show right here that do this. Um, our military members, our law enforcement members, they sign on a dotted line that they will give their life for them you the trolls out there these people will sacrifice their life for these trolls so that they can troll so they for freedom of speech for our American way of life um, that is the most profound um, thing that a, that a human an American could do for another human being another American um, and they should think about that when they're out trolling our, our police officers and our military members, um, but they don't um, and and you know the homelessness and the, and the veteran suicide epidemic in our country is is shameful we're we're you know using taxpayer resources and you know money and other services to to you know help people from other countries instead of taking care of our veterans at home who are you know, committing suicide, who are homeless out on the streets, and you know, we work with a with a, a a nonprofit called Code of Vets, which is run by Gretchen Smith, who's an Air Force veteran that's on our advisory board, and she's that organization is amazing. She her organization runs on a two percent operating budget. All that money, ninety percent of the funding goes directly to these veterans. And she helps these veterans who are going homeless, who can't pay their rent or are going hungry utilities and provides services as well for them so they don't go homeless you know um and we we worked with her organization we we uh saved three veterans uh two christmases ago from from going homeless over christmas
0: God bless God bless that was, I mean
1: that was a long winded answer. Good <laughs> But it is such a good cause.
0: I mean, there are groups out there that are trying to do this, but yet our government owes these men and women a debt. They ask you to give up your life for X amount of time that they control you completely. They tell you where to go, what to do, and how to do your job, and you perform it to the best of your ability. And then after that, they say, all right, we're going to give you these benefits or this pension or whatever, have a nice life, and we'll give you VA. But half the time, it doesn't work that way. And they're sent out there on their own without support groups around them to help. And, you know, we work best when we have support groups at our back. And they drop the ball. This government drops the ball every time on them. So we got... Someone out there like you, working with these different charities, taking money that you could put in your pocket, put in your, your investor's pocket or increase the pay somewhere, but instead you're taking and you're giving it to someone who needs it more than you or I do. And that is yeah. a charity. And that's why I think Absolutely. that your beer, every time someone takes a sip, knows that they're donating to help a vet. And that's important
1: very important we're proud we're proud to be doing that and like i said uh, and we're going to we're going to use our success to keep doing this and actually grow our give back mission
0: you know um you also have gear up there too and uh, some of it i was i was looking at and i was i was cracking up and i already picked out one or two things to give to friends for a gift um uh, <laughs> But you can always send me a set of beer glasses if you like.
1: <laughs> absolutely, Sure, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, love to, love to, definitely will.
0: But, you know, um, it, there's so much more to talk about, and I'm looking at the clock, we're running out of time because we've got our, our friend from Heritage coming back on. Uh, but when people ask you about your beer, what what's the most important thing you want to tell them? Because you, you cover all all the service branches. And each beer has a specific name dedicated to certain things. You want to explain that to them so when they're looking at the beer, they know what they're buying?
1: Yeah. So our beer, uh, besides our preamble, which tributes the Constitution, our other beers, tribute. we're making beers that tribute the service within the branch and, and, and some of the military traditions um our special hops i p a it's a tribute to the navy seals um we've got um uh our grunt double i p a that's that's tributing the infantry soldier uh called grunts um we're 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 uh we've got a award winning brewmaster who's won the maryland governor's cup for brewing excellence and we're proud of our liquid uh and our and uh we're, you know, we're going to keep making beers that tribute military service. We've got a first responder beer coming out, too. Oh, really? Uh, pretty soon. Cool. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Cool. I I'd definitely try that. I'm not a huge <laughs> beer drinker. I certain things I like. I prefer dark lagers. Um, but, hey, I'll try it. I'll try it.
4: Hey, we, hey, maybe they can come out with one called the Blue Line.
1: Ah, the thin I, Blue I, Line. You betcha. The yeah, blue
4: line beer absolutely. for law enforcement. I take no credit.
1: <laughs> and you know what? When we when we get that when we get that beer out there, we're gonna we're gonna try and connect that to a, to an organization as well. Um, I am I am uh, we're we're very upset at home office that uh, our police officers and have, have been treated so awfully uh, in our country. I got oh, yeah. I'm gonna yeah, add I- that in there.
4: Just, yeah, just look I, at what happened uh, what was it, New Times York, the three, the three cops got yeah. beat up? Oh, man. I, yeah. It was one, Shameful. One lieutenant,
0: and two, one lieutenant and two patrol officers. Uh, I was looking at the video and I was wondering where the hell the lieutenant went, or uh, if anyone even called a 1013 on that one. So I know Times Square very well. Um, I never had to do a New Year's there. But uh, I've done posts over right there. So, yeah, I know the area. And what 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 has happened to my brother in NYPD? I mean, it breaks my heart. It really, really does break my heart. Awful. And you got a a mayor who claimed to be a, re, a former police officer that I just want to take out in the back barn and
1: <laughs> you know. Well, it, well, let's You see the the coverage on on the news about this, but has anybody mentioned the judge who actually let those guys out without bail? No, no one's No, mentioned no, I haven't seen anything
0: on that. <laughs> good question.
1: Yeah. That is
0: a very, very good question. But I know I'm going to make a phone call to a friend of mine uh, that has his thumb on the pulse of everything up there and just ask him a bunch of stuff uh, because we called it revolving door justice, and I can remember. Making an arrest, and no sooner did I get back to the precinct change and get ready to go home and stop for a drink on the way home, and there's the mope that I arrested already sitting there having their beer ahead of me. Didn't sit yeah. too well. Did not no. sit too well. So I didn't even finish the drink. I got up and left because they didn't recognize me in civilian uniform. Good. Thank you very much.
3: <laughs> <sighs> but, yeah, yeah, it is
0: frustrating. But, um there is one charity that I donate to that the only one I really know that does anything really with service with officers is tunnels to towers uh line of duty depth um i I've worked with them um but i'll take a I'll put, take a peek around and see they, those other angels out there that uh, that might be good for you
1: yeah tunnels to towers they do great work getting paying off mortgages and getting homes for uh, everything from military veterans to uh, spouses, you know, Gold Star, gold star mm-hmm. Spouses. Uh, it's an incredible organization.
0: That it is. That it is. And people can find you at armedforcesbrewingco.com. The link is up on the show page. And they can become an investor. Uh, they can look to see if they can get a career with you. They can simply buy the beer or sell me the gear. Hey, I made a rhyme.
1: <laughs> as uh, yeah. Yeah, if they want to invest, <laughs> they can go to www.ownarmforcesbrewingco.com, and they can join you, and Ann, uh, as an owner in our company.
0: Absolutely. Well, God bless you for the hard work you do, and we'll be speaking again. I know it, because once you get here in South Carolina, you ain't getting rid of me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we can't wait to launch in South Carolina. That's going to happen here real, real quick. So I I just really appreciate what you do for our country and for our veterans and and LEOs, and and, uh, God bless the two of you as well.
0: Take care, Alan. Um, God bless. And tell people, check out Armed Forces Brewing Company. Uh, co.com link on the show page. want to welcome back to the show our guest from the Heritage Foundation to talk what else but immigration, Laura Reese. Good afternoon, Laura. How are you?
2: I'm well. Thanks for having me on.
0: Now, I don't remember if I had you on recently because uh, in November, uh, I was up in D.C., courtesy of FairUS.org, Uh, going door to door in the halls of Congress and the Senate offices knocking on the doors, helping lobby for H.R. 2. But what a disaster the Senate has turned that into. Oh, my goodness, what is going on up there?
2: Well, it's because of the great Secure the Border Act, or H.R. 2, that the House passed uh, that some senators have been dragged to having to negotiate uh, border security policy changes. Um, all the White House have been looking for is more money, uh, $13.6 billion more for quote unquote border security, which Biden would just uh, pay off sanctuary cities that are teeming with illegal aliens and uh, NGOs that have a very secretive infrastructure built up from Panama all the way throughout our our, uh, United States to uh, facilitate illegal immigration. Uh, But because the House passed such a good border bill, um, some senators have been negotiating some policy changes, but they're not very good at it. Um, All they would do is codify the very tools President Biden has been using to carry out his open border agenda, like mass immigration parole, allowing for at least 5,000 illegal aliens uh, per day before CBP could expel uh, additional illegal aliens back across the border, faster work permits, which is exactly what illegal aliens want, funded deportation defense attorneys, and, and on and on. So, The money alone should be no deal for the senators, uh, but the the policy changes that Langford and and Senator Sinema and Murphy have been negotiating should also be a Uh, no-go.
0: I was reading through this really quickly because it came across just the uh, uh, article in The Hill by Mark Morgan and Kevin Roberts and Tom Holman. This was put out just yesterday, and I didn't see it until today, and I, I was flipping because I remember going from office to office to uh, senators and representatives for Florida, Georgia, and South Carolina, and uh, we ran into Chris Christie uh, – uh, I'm sorry, Charlie Crist, in the hallway. What a disappointment. What an absolute disappointment. So you, I know that he's going to be on board with this new cluster, you-know-what, I want to call it, that the senators put together. But HR2 was such a a strong – it had a couple of places where we could tighten it up a little bit, but you dealt with the NGOs, you dealt with the visas, you dealt with the overstays. A lot of these things that we have been complaining about, not just shutting the border, but what to do with the people here now that HR2 dealt with, and they just completely ignored all of that hard work that you at Heritage did and that FAIR did.
2: Yes, and, and really, you're right. HRT 2 should be considered the floor, not the ceiling. We, you know, we, we could certainly go farther than that and should, but it would close the loopholes that multiple administrations had asked to be closed. It would take away the tools Biden has been using um, to achieve his unlimited illegal immigration uh, it would mandate E-Verify, the employment uh, verification system, yep. uh, and deal with overstays. You're right. Um, so it really an excellent bill. Um, but, you know, the, the Democrats are, are all in on this mass migration. So they will give border security lip service, but they are not going to allow um, it to be shut down.
0: no. So our only bet right now is our best course of action is wait until 2024, bring HR2 back up, and hope we can get the Senate to give us a reasonable facsimile of it. Because what you also do in HR2 is you give Border Patrol more punch. You strengthen Border Patrol, strengthen the enforcement, strengthen the wall. You also give the state attorney generals power to sue the federal government for failure to secure the borders and the immigration laws in our nation. Um, You you deal with um, employment, you deal with social services, limiting what they can and cannot get. There's so much that everyday common sense you have in that bill are completely lacking from the Senate bill. And there was an article up in the, I think it was the Daily Caller or the Daily Signal. I may be wrong, but I I thought it was. I was pulling up so many articles last night. Um, Senator from... Texas was talking about being at the border and what the cost is to the community that no one is talking about and he's talking about a rancher coming across a dead mother in his, on his land and having to deal with you know taking care of her and dealing with the police reports and the autopsy and all this other stuff about people afraid to even course their property unless they're fully armed for their own safety they're not caring for rattlesnakes anymore Uh, about the cost to the schools, the medical system, uh, the law enforcement system, and on down the line, the actual taxpayer cost per person in that community is phenomenal. Not talking about the diseases that are coming in or the crime that is coming in, but just the financial cost just to overburden that local community is astounding. And none of this is taken into consideration and you're probably going, you're preaching to the choir because yes, 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 I'm saying the same things too.
2: Yeah, the costs are billions to the to each of the communities and states. Um, and occasionally that will get reported here or there, but it's, it's quickly lost. Um, it's been refreshing to see some organic pushback in New York City and Chicago uh, because they have dealt with. Um, a number of illegal aliens being transferred there. Now it's a drop in the bucket compared to what Texas has had to deal with. But nonetheless, it has put a very bright spotlight on the fallacy of sanctuary policies uh, and shows the real-term effects when you inject large numbers of people into communities and what that does to housing and the loss of schools and rec centers and parks and you know, not to mention all the, the costs that, that you mentioned as well. So we need that type of opposition all over this country. Uh, I, I think the most disgusting latest example is what happened in New York City where a number four illegal aliens beat a New York cop and they were arrested and quickly released. And they walked out and gave the double bird to all of America before they fled to yeah. California. And so well, as a, um, that should be turned well, as a, into as a, a political ad and run a, all, all year. Absolutely.
0: And it ended up where they're looking for an ace, but seven were totally arrested. Uh, there was, I believe, only one uh, on bond. All the others released without bond. One lieutenant and two patrol officers. And I, I, I'm out of NYPD, and I looked at that, and I wanted to puke. I really did want to puke. We called it revolving door justice, but that's, the door isn't even revolving anymore. It's not even swinging. Why, why even bring them in after you handcuff them? Because you're only going to let them loose. So what's the purpose of even yeah. making the arrest? But, right. but that's the mentality that we're facing right now, lawlessness. Now, my co-host was saying just before he came on air um, that there was an article that flashed across course about Atlanta Airport. Uh, State Senator Colton Moore had a whistleblower alert him to a secret holding area inside the airport where people are being processed for their next flight uh, through immigration or being held uh, because there's no place for them to go. And then there's an NGO, uh, something, I forget what it was now, I took the article down, Uh, something Libertad. Um, that is helping facilitate them to get outside of the airport for shelter and all the other little benefits they are going to get courtesy of the American taxpayer. Have you heard anything about this in Atlanta?
2: Yes, this, is, uh, this video has gone viral yesterday. This is just one of many examples where if someone goes to question these NGOs who are guarding a group of illegal aliens who are either camped out in an airport uh, or other shelters, the guards, the NGO staff, refuse to answer questions. They grow abusive either verbally and or physically and will push you away. They will uh, get extremely angry if you dare to try to video any of it. And this is our taxpayer, our tax dollars going to pay for all this. This is what I mean by the secretive NGO infrastructure all over the country and all over the hemisphere. And that is why Biden desperately wants more money from Congress right now, because it so happens to cost a lot of money to transport and shelter and feed and give um, social services to millions of people. And they have drained their pots of money and need more. Uh, You can see Biden and Mayorkas and these NGOs in the Colorado congressional delegation, because now Denver is feeling the pain, are begging for money. We have them on the ropes financially, and in no way should the senators be giving them another dollar.
0: Absolutely not. I looked at the video of uh, uh, Logan Airport in Boston. I lived up in Boston area for two years. Binsrider Airport many times. And I'm thinking, you know, you have to go through so much super security just to get onto a plane, but yet there's no way of guaranteeing that there's illegal aliens you have now living in the airport are not violating that security. I mean, who, who's, who's keeping an eye? There's no one. It's the fox in charge of the hen house. That's the system we have now with our, our immigration society. And then they started with those mobile portable processing centers in other countries as a pre-processing point to make it easier to facilitate this person to come to the United States. And Biden's saying he wants to expand that program. Amber, was I reading that
2: correctly? Yeah, that's right. They're called soft mobility officers, offices. Um, And in the original White House supplemental, uh, the White House was asking for another $1.3 billion to go to the State Department, uh, which would then continue this flow through Western Hemisphere and supplement those safe mobility offices. So, you know, when we hear about... uh, UN, International Organization of Migration, that's who State Department is paying along with other NGOs to facilitate all of this. And so we are literally funding our own demise of sovereignty and security. And that's why it's so important that Congress for once say no to the money.
0: No. Um, in an article that pardon me on Dealing with one hand in a cast. Uh, Victoria Coates wrote this over on Heritage. Um, She was talking about the uh, president from um, Guatemala, the previous president, not the current one, uh, begging the Biden administration to work with him to help seal the borders. He was agreeing, hey, listen, they should not be seeking asylum directly to the United States. If they're fleeing a country, the first country that can give them safe sanctuary, they should stay there and then apply, which is what, what the standard has always been. But Biden administration just said, you know, no, you know, take a hike and don't even think about that. Mayorkas being one of the ones that told him that. Um, But the intelligence report stated that over 20,000, almost 21,000 people from nine nationalities of interest for terrorism and trafficking coming from Afghanistan, China, Iran, Iraq, Pakistan, Syria, Russia, Turkey, and Yemen arrived in Guatemala between January 1st of 2022 to August 31st, 2023. And these easily could be terrorists or drug dealers or human smugglers, and yet no one's being vetted. And what do we have now going on in New Hampshire with the Somalis uh, uh, immigrants over there Uh, in Burlington? All of a sudden, it's like we're the murder capital of the world this has gotten out of hand, and the American public, I think, is starting to wake up. Do you feel like they were starting to wake up, or are we still having the blinders on?
2: Well, I think, yeah, more video is getting out. Uh, the standoff between Texas and the federal uh, the Biden administration has helped. Uh, the fact that 25 other states have said they stand with Texas, and some are sending their own National Guard to go down to the border. Um, and I think this video from yesterday or the day before of of these uh, illegal aliens who beat up the New York uh, police and then got out scot-free and then um, gave the bird, bird. double bird to America, it's not going to help the left on this. Um, And so, yes, we, we do have a very national, a serious national security threat. So, so far uh, for the first three months reported in fiscal year, 2024, Border Patrol, so that's just between the ports, have reported 50 terror watch list hits that they have caught. And that's just three months. Uh, Pre-Biden, that number was three in an entire year. And meanwhile, we've got at least 1.8 million known Godaways, which we have to assume there are terrorists among them. Um, so what Congress should be doing is giving more resources to ICE and and very detailed direction to go find these people and arrest them.
0: Well, you know, I've been hearing reports, and whether or not I'm looking at the right information or not, you'll tell me, I'm sure, Uh, but I'm seeing a higher influx of Chinese nationals coming across illegally. And there was recently a video up, I believe it was on Newsmax, of someone who was of Middle Eastern descent um, saying very soon America is going to know who he is. And that's kind of scary, considering that the CCP just tried to do malware that threatens the public safety of the entire America by trying to take down our entire infrastructure, electric, water, and so forth.
2: Yeah, the uh, Chinese numbers have drastically risen. So pre-Biden, CBP would encounter about a 1,000 Chinese nationals a month. Um, and this uh, December, they reported 8,000 a month. Um, And so, and and the vast, vast majority of them are single adult males, military-aged. And so we have to be asking why, and we have to assume it is not for good reasons, given that the Chinese Communist Party is an adversary and uses many methods to spy on, feel, um, and threaten America, U.S. citizens, and even Chinese nationals who are here. Um, and so, yeah, we need to take that seriously. And yes, the the video that you mentioned, I believe he was from Azerbaijan, if he's been identified correctly. I don't think that's been confirmed, whether it is indeed his name or or, or country, but um, to, to say those words to taunt and threaten uh, the person who was asking him at the border and saying, uh, you don't, you're too dumb to know who I am, but soon you will, you will know who I am. I mean, come on, we, we've lived through terror attacks before. It hasn't been that long ago and yet people have very short memories and, and we are very much in a pre nine 11 posture once again.
0: No, I, I, I... I totally agree with you, completely agree with you. Now, I was living here in South Carolina when 9-11 happened, but I was there in February of 1993 when they tried to attack, the, or they did attack the World Trade Center the first time. I remember that day, a snowy day, very well. And yeah. uh, I I thought we would never get anything worse than that, and then 9-11 happened. I'm afraid that, unfortunately, you... Maybe correct that something even bigger is going to happen with the huge influx. And if you look at these protests pro Hamas, it's making me very frightened.
2: Yes, I mean just yesterday I couldn't get into work in D.C. Uh, because they had blocked off so many different points in the city. Um, and so you, you know you have to wonder: is this just kind of rent a mob, the way the left used uh, BLM during? Uh, 2020 and the antifa uh, just a different you know cause or is there something more sinister to all of this or some combination thereof but i mean we've had plenty of warnings there are plenty of signals the fbi director has testified multiple times recently that the red lights are blanking americans shouldn't have to wait for an attack for congress to get up and do something they need to be proactive about it
0: Absolutely. Now, on the personal side of this, I'm looking at we've got about 10 minutes left, if that. Um, always interested how you ended up getting involved and interested in immigration.
2: I was in college uh, and over Christmas break traveled from, drove from California to Mexico. It was the first time with my parents. And uh, while driving south, there was a bit of a no-man land between the two borders. And I could see on the Mexican side of the border, kind of a dilapidated wall or fence. And I could see, uh, Mexican men and and teenage boys peering over the fence, looking North. And I knew that they were trying to figure out how to, how to sneak across and evade the border patrol. And I, I was just fascinated by it. Uh, and I, that was my, I think senior year in college. And after that, every paper I had to write for school. I could somehow tie it to immigration because so many different aspects affect immigration and, in turn, immigration affects so many different aspects of our lives, whether it's education or crime or healthcare or the economy, et cetera. And uh, so I've been at it ever since.
0: (laughs) Well, did you always have a conservative side or do you have to be convinced that this is the right point of view and right in quotes?
2: Um. I don't know. I think because of that moment, I knew that they were trying to cross illegally. I was always—I've been so focused on illegal immigration. Um, and my first job out of law school was for the Board of Immigration Appeals, and then I went into um, trial court as a kind of a INS prosecutor, if you will. And so my my big concern is a lot of the fraud that happens. Um, you know we're such a, a generous country with with immigration. This was in normal times, of course, pre Biden. Um, that I just I don't like to see all the fraud. It it just hurts the genuine applicants, uh, particularly mm-hmm. those who have truly been persecuted, uh, and and their applications are buried among a lot of asylum fraud. And I would just like to get to a better place where, if you're eligible, you can quickly be given your benefit granted. If you're not eligible, you are quickly denied and removed from the country. And I just think we'd have a much better efficient legal system, and it would change behavior so that more people would use the legal system and fewer people would seek to come here illegally.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, being the child of immigrants, I'm only second generation, um, they came across legally legally. Uh, My late husband was a legal immigrant that was fleeing communism after World War II. Uh, My current husband, uh, buried now going on, oh, good Lord, am I going on two months? Yeah, I'm coming up on two months (laughs) soon. But he was a legal immigrant with his family fleeing from Castro's revolution in 62. They came here legally. They had to jump through all the hoops. They had to be here with a sponsor. They had to have jobs lined up. They could not be on government benefits for five years. And yet in, I think it was 72, all that went out the window, and our national immigration system was completely broken. Hence, we have an Ilian Omar in Congress.
2: Yeah, we're so far afield from, from what you've described. Um, you know, it's easier and faster to come illegally. Some people do. And the benefits are just um, limitless, whether it's, you know, driver's licenses, free public education, um, free health care. I mean, we're now into the area where they're, they're being allowed to vote. I mean, citizenship should mean something, and it should have its own sets of rights and responsibilities. It shouldn't be handed out to, you know, someone who just jumped the border,
0: no, and the worst part is, is that we don't know how many people are here illegally, where they are. So once we do finally secure the border and start to reinstitute common sense immigration policies, what do we do with the people that are now hidden into the fabric of our society, in our side, our nation? How do we know where they are and how do you process them? You're talking about millions upon millions upon millions of people. We don't know. 5,000, 10, i oh, sorry, not 5,000, 5 million, 10 million, 20 million, 100 million. How many are here and how much are they overwhelming the system? We don't know those answers yet, do we?
2: Well, I mean, Biden administration has so overreached that for the very first time, it seems the majority of Americans are very willing to do large-scale deportations. For at the very, le- very least, this Biden population. Um, now, Mayorkas has been handing out work authorization like candy. So you can terminate all that. And if people aren't, if they don't have work authorization anymore, then they are either going to go someplace else or work illegally. Um, but you can go after remittances. That's another big reason people come here. Um So, I mean, there's ways to go about it. And if you're taking away the benefits that they are coming here to receive, then they're going to change their risk calculus and change their behavior.
0: Yeah, the second you say deportation, a lot of people will then start to self-deport. We're down to our last five minutes here, Laura, and it has been such a pleasure having you here. Uh, One of the things is is that um, you guys at Heritage – have this thing called Heritage Explains, which is a video uh, educational series. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit more about that because you've been on there a few times.
2: Yeah, it just it basically takes an issue and um, well, we might have folks from Daily Signal uh, interview the the policy experts to kind of run through the the nuts and bolts of it. Um, it's just, you know, we're always looking for different ways to get information out, not just in written papers or op-eds, but, uh, we do also a number of what we call straight to video, which are just short little video clips, um, explaining a a very new issue. Um, so, you know, we're just trying to be creative and, and get a variety of, of information out through different means.
0: Well, I thank you for joining us. People can find you at heritage.org, read your great articles, look to see what you guys are doing on uh, immigration. You've got a whole section up there that explains it in part one, two, three, four, and 15. (laughs) That is interesting that people can get the real, honest, true facts about what is going on out there. Laura, thank you, and God bless you and Heritage for the hard work you do.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me on.
0: Okay, Laura Reese, check her out at heritage.org. There's a link up on the show page. You can go directly to her thing and read about it. I do see someone just called in, but we are down to our last few minutes. I apologize. We will be back on Friday, same back time, same back station. We'll have Mark Tapscott from the Epic Times with us and hopefully another guest from the Heritage Foundation. So, Curtis, that's all we got for today. I think we lost Curtis again. Well, that happened, but we'll leave you with the song from our friend as our closing, Gary Pecarella and it is "Save America." So I say good night and God bless, and we'll see you next week. Tonight, ah, you're here.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was unmuted. <laughs> um,
3: okay, I
4: tell you,
3: America, (laughs) America, the home of the dream.
4: But there are people making plans to
3: change America. With Lucky Land Slots, you
2: can get lucky just about anywhere.